Blog Talk Radio. Hello. Hello, everyone. Good evening. <laughs> yes. Since this topic is so elegant, we will try to speak it with love, as you say. <laughs> but anyway, the Z's program is a sponsored by Poop for Poop Muscle. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Poop for Poop. <laughs> yes. The number one drug-free sponsorship foundation in the whole world. Oh, it's such a big place, let me tell you. But if you have a bathroom problem or you are a drug-free athlete <laughs> and looking for a solid poop to do, or a solid foundation to stand on when you're taking the poop, and a vehicle to drive you away from that stinky smell of poop. <laughs> like what's oh, my. I, I can't even say, like, ice cream through a Mack truck today. I I can't do it. Oh, you could say it that way. I, I just did it, but I I wasn't feeling it. So anyway, <laughs> speaking about feeling, we all have that urge, you know. But check us out until then at pfpmuscle dot com. And now let's chit chat about the poo poo. Desiree, how are you? I'm glad to be back on P4P Real Talk with all of you and, of course, my <laughs> my partner in crime, Kaylin Patterson. And um, if you haven't guessed, if you haven't guessed, we have a very special show for you this evening on a very, I will say, unique-to-us topic. We are here tonight to get the scoop on poop. That's right. <laughs> you heard right. I said it. You heard it. And so uh, that's what we're going to be talking about. And so we have the one and only Melissa Grandin with uh, EP True Chiropractic. She's a nutritionist and metabolic specialist. And uh, she is going to be with us tonight to uh, help us get that scoop on the poop and uh, just all things, you know, gastrointestinal and uh, that kind of good stuff. Digestive. Digestive. When you say Melissa, we'll say digestive. But really... In the short in in the short term, it's just poop. So with that being said, <laughs> Melissa, go ahead, poop. Go ahead and introduce yourself uh, to our listeners. Yeah, well, I think you did an awesome job. I'm so glad to be back on the show. I could just sit and listen to you guys like all day long. Like it was hard for me not to bust out laughing during that intro. That was fantastic. And I feel like you should have like a stand up comic gig somewhere. Like let's let's book them at the funny bone or something. I could listen to that all day long. <laughs> that was good. Um no, like Desiree said, I am a nutrition and metabolic specialist at EP2 Chiropractic. Really my passion and, and my drive is, you know, just to help people heal from the inside out. I feel like God gave us the most amazing healing power inside of our bodies. And sometimes throughout the course of life, we put some interferences in there and it can't heal the way that it's supposed to. So I really want to just work with people to, have, to try and find that interference, remove it so that we can heal the way that we were designed. And a lot of that starts from healing from the gut 
out and the inside out. And like you said, we can tell a lot about our health through our poop. And this is a conversation that comes up a lot in my office, and I'm known as probably the poop girl because I talk about, I always ask, I'm, I'm always the one asking the embarrassing question, what's your poop look like? How many bowel movements are you having today? What's the color? What's the shape? That's me. So this wow. is a great talk for me. Wow. <laughs> and who knew? And who knew you could ask so many different questions? But here's the deal, guys. Here is the deal. You guys out there, maybe not necessarily you, but bodybuilders, if you watch the online chat rooms, they are asking about poop. They're curious because, you know, they're transitioning for some of them, especially the newbies, transitioning a way of life. Their eating habits are totally changing. They've gone from maybe eating, you know, one to three times a day, F that, to now they might be eating upwards of five to seven times a day. And they're either pooping a lot more than they were before or not as much. And so they're wondering what's going on, what is normal. And while, um, you know, normal for one person may not be normal for all, but there are some basic constants out there that dictate, you know, what a normal functioning body and gut should do when it comes to pooping. So, Melissa, in general, how Mm -hmm. often – should a person be going number two? Yeah, that's a good question because, you know, what? I feel like a lot of times people, I feel like 85% or 90% of the population has digestive issues and they don't really know it, and it's because we don't really know what normal is supposed to be. I mean, one normal for one person, you know, is different from the next person, but, you know, really what is it going to take to, you know, have kind of a, a healthy digestive uh, flow or poop? Um, you know, I would say general rule of thumb a minimum of one bowel movement a day, minimum. Now, depending on mm-hmm. how much you're eating, that may increase to you know, two, maybe three times a day. But I would say on average, we should be trying to strive for one to two bowel movements a day. Okay, gotcha. And so if you're not going at least once a day, does that mean you're, you're constipated? Because people might think, oh, I haven't gone a couple days three or four days, now I'm constipated, but what, what's the rule on constipation? Oh, that's a tricky one. Okay, so if you know anything about anatomy, like the, the intestines, I mean, those are pretty long, you know, long pieces of equipment that we have in there. And for somebody to have a bowel movement even once a day, they can still be constipated. You know, I think we think, oh. you know, generally, you know, most people, you know, think constipation is like, oh, I haven't gone to the bathroom maybe a day or two. That's definitely, you know, constipated, especially if the stools are coming out dry and, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're looking like rabbit turds, basically, you know, is what typically people think of when we think of constipation. But there could, we still could have constipation by having a bowel movement once a day because we're not completely emptying our bowels. So that's a problem for a lot of people, too. Huh. Okay, so I know we're going to get more into that here in a little bit, but we need to take a step backward. We're already getting some questions in from listener land, and Dale's wanting to know what is the connection between chiropractic care and poop? Oh, <laughs> Explain to him such why you're question. having this conversation every day. <laughs> 
Well, let me tell you. So, you know, our bodies are designed so amazingly and our spine houses what I like to call the cord of life. And from that outflow, um, you know, our nerves to all the tissues and the organs. And it just happens to be that those nerves kind of in that lower back, anywhere between L1 and, and L5 area, go directly to our colon and our intestines. So one up, one's up a little bit higher, go to our stomach. So if one of those nerves is being compromised, so even if there's a little pressure, you might not even be feeling pain there, but if there's a little pressure on the nerve, it's not going to be getting the messages from the brain to be functioning and healing at 100%. So if we have pressure on that, it's going to slow down that healing process. And so those, um, you know, maybe the muscle, the smooth muscles in, in the intestines aren't going to be working at their capacity. You're not going to be absorbing. You're not going to be moving stuff through because there's an interference there. So with chiropractic, you know, if you're with a, a skilled and trained chiropractor, they can find the interference and, you know, through an x-ray or through um, uh, an EMG scan to be able to see if there's interference there. And then they can work the magic by just helping remove the interference. And then guess what? Your body can heal itself once the interference is removed. So that's how chiropractic care comes into, you know, oh, my gosh, there's some great stories um, and testimonies of babies when they come into the office. They haven't pooped for, like, maybe five or six days. Um, they'll get an adjustment. It relieves that pressure and that nerve can fire, and the parents will t will send us a message and say, oh, my gosh, they just had blew out their diaper. I've never seen it so, you know, come out so fast and so much. Oh, my gosh, thank you so much for relieving my child, and now they can sleep. And then they'll sleep for, you know, a good couple hours because they've got all that those toxins out. It's amazing. All right, so there you go, Dale. I hope that answers your question on what's the connection. And, I mean, just to tack on just a little bit, because we've got questions piling up, but as Melissa was saying, you know, your your spinal column houses every nerve that's connected to every organ and system in your body. So when, you're, when your back is a mess, when your spine is a mess, and those nerves are pinched, that communication is not happening. And so your body's not functioning at 100%. It's not optimum. So, you know, the, the digestive tract and, you know, your sphincter down there are just a couple of the areas that mm -hmm. could be operating much better when you are in proper alignment. But to uh, moving on, um, Melissa or Mel for short. Let's call her Mel, guys. Um, Perfect. We're kind of moving on to, on to ladies' corner. So I'm going to read through Sheila and Brenda's questions. They're kind of related, and then we'll see where we can go um, with conversations, hopefully, that may give, give them some uh, insights. Okay. Sheila, I eat pretty normal, and I eat many of the same foods to stay normal. What is going on to where I have diarrhea some days out of the month? And then Brenda is saying, some of my poo during, during that time of the month is so hard that it hurts my booty to where it's almost bleeding. What am I doing wrong? So here we have opposite ends of the spectrum. We have consistent All right. so eating, we have one person that and then... Yep. Super loose and one person diarrhea. Is that what I'm hearing? That's what you're mm -hmm. hearing. Okay. And and uh, um, Brenda's that... tying it to the specific time of the month. 
<laughs> well, here's the tricky part with that. That time of the month, there's a lot of hormonal things going on. So, um, you know, and with hormonal changes, with stress changes, it puts an undue stress on the body and maybe a little bit different. So that can be altering some of those as well. I hate to say it, but a lot of both of those issues actually comes back to a little bit of chiropractic too, where, you know, if we're having issues that time of the month, maybe there's a nerve that's being pinched going to the uterus that it can't function or the hormones can't produce the way that they're supposed to or, or vice versa. So, I mean, that can all be interrelated, you know, there as well. Um, but eating the same amount of foods, what I, what, I, what I would tell you to do is say, hey, send me your food logs because maybe some of those foods that you're eating or maybe we're eating, you know, this is a question I think that came up earlier, if we're getting too much protein in, what happens is a lot of people start, you know, they re- realize the benefits of a higher protein, maybe a little bit lower carbohydrate diet, and that's great, but as soon as we start adding in more protein, what tends to happen is we forget about eating those other uh, carbohydrates called green vegetables, and that can yes. slow the digestive process down too or it you know or we can um we're missing some of the enzymes that it needs for digestion so that it can cause loose stools and make it move through the digestive tract faster than what it normally should all right cool so lots of things to think of there ladies hopefully that that helped answer some of the question there um we're going to roll through some more questions but there is a chart out there that i'm going to have melissa touch on that will um kind of break down what a healthy stool should look like and a lot of what some of the other options are that seem to be common um just so you guys have an idea of what is a healthy poo and what is not but before we do that I want to keep rolling through some of these questions. This one is from Sean. He says, uh, my stomach will hurt from time to time to where it feels like my sides are going to explode, yet I still have, I feel like I'm missing a word here. You're still having a hard time going number two or not a problem going number two? I think he's saying, yet I still have a hard time going number two. He doesn't even have gas. I love spicy food. Could that be the issue? Mm. Well, oh, let's see with that one. That's that's a tricky one. Um, so when we're talking about digestive system, we're not only talking about, you know, what's in our guts, in our stomach, in our intestines, but we're also talking about liver and gallbladder too. Those are big with digestion in our de- as a de- detoxification organ. So when I'm here and there's lots of pain in the stomach, depending on where the pain is positioned, we could be experiencing maybe some gallbladder you know, issues where the body's having a hard time breaking down the foods, breaking down the fats, and that can really get things stopped up and plugged up. Um, You know, if we're not even having gas or any movement that way, and if if we're, um, you know, just not going to the bathroom and it's a few days, that would be something that I would, you know, warrant going to get checked out. You know, there could be a blockage, there could be, you know, I'm not saying that any of these things are are happening, but there's some potential things in there that could be, you know, stopping things up beyond just a, a, a nutritional thing. So I would recommend getting that getting that checked out if we're, you know, spend more than a few days and there's a lot of, you know, a lot of pain. Pain can come from, you know, a whole slew of different things. I don't know if we want to get into those different diagnoses or anything, um, but especially if we're having pain on the right side, that's where the liver and the gallbladder are, are located. You know, if we if you've had a history of 
not going to the bathroom or being constipated for a long period of time, I always say we got to look at the liver too and make sure that we're getting that detoxified so that it can help continue to move toxins through the body and it's not just getting reabsorbed in that colon. Okay, good. Um, and not that this, I'm wondering, I don't know that this is a solution for Sean or not, but, you know, we we were talking, you were talking about detoxification, and that makes me wonder, would a form of a detox be helpful to him in a situation like this? I mean, granted, do get it checked out if you're having a severe pain, but if you've got that much mm-hmm. blockage, where does a detox come into play here? Well, and I guess, you know, that depends too. I think a good detox is good for a good detox, like a two-part, like a cellular detox, not just a colon cleanse because you can reabsorb toxins through the colon by doing some of those, again, if we're not binding to the toxins. But something that, you know, is, you know, I I use something that has like a cellular detox, but it also has like a a binding body detox to it too, so it's getting extracted um, and not reabsorbed. And I recommend people do that at least, you know, twice a year, if not, you know, once a quarter, um, because we're, we're surrounded by toxins all over in our environment. Some of it we can control and some of it we, we can't, you know, through the air that we breathe, the water that we drink, you know, et cetera. Um, you know, but another thing for this gentleman too, I would say, you know, how much water are you drinking? You know, are, are we too dehydrated? Mm-hmm. Are we drink, you know, drinking enough? Because that's going to be an important part, you know, too. I would recommend getting started on a, a probiotic, um, to help with the good gut flora. A lot of times, you know, we, the, the bad stuff in there just really starts taking over and, and overpopulating the good stuff, and it can cause, you know, issues on both sides of the spectrum, whether it's loose stools or, or we're, we're getting too constipated. Okay, cool. I mean, and sometimes supplementation uh, can help also. I know for me, I tend to be drastically low on magnesium, and when mm-hmm. I take my magnesium along with some other supplements the way that I should, my body fires on all engines much better. So that 100%. might be something I, I think that's probably one of the most, uh, one of the most deficient nutrients out there that people are having. So magnesium would be great. Yeah, Fire there you go. Kaylin, what are you laughing? Byron, what are you laughing about over there? Byron does. You really said that about poo. <laughs> I did say firing about poo. I did. On I did all say in- that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> on on all <laughs> engines. That's what I said. All right. Oh. Here we go. Hey, does real quick on, so, on magnesium. Yep. I just wanted to touch base on magnesium real quick because that, that is like if somebody is, you know, having a hard time going, like that's a way that we can get, you know, it, it softens a smooth muscle in the digestive tract. So that can get stuff pushed through. Now, if you take too much of it, though, you can cause the reverse effect. So I just want to mm-hmm. let people know that if you are using really magnesium, firing. like a me- mm-hmm, really firing, <laughs> you know, but, but, you know, once you get that loose stool response, you just back off by a quarter of a teaspoon if you're using a liquid or you're using capsules, just back off a capsule at a time or a, te- a, half, a quarter of a teaspoon at a time until, you know, we get more of a um, formed a formed stool. So just beware of that. <laughs> just beware. Vitamin, yeah. You can always you can also research point. too, like, Vitamin C is really good. Like if somebody is really just needing to go to the bathroom, you can take high doses of vitamin C, and that can flush stuff out too. But make sure that you are you have a toilet available within a few seconds when you do that method. <laughs> just saying, just saying. Don't 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 load up on those vitamins and then try to go on an outing. <laughs> no, not recommended. Okay. All right, so I'm going to open up this. Well, uh, 
What are you saying now, Kaylin? About the out? We're moving on. We'll come back to your outing. No, no. Just um, um, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. You know, a lot of people have big problems with regulating and uh, administering to themselves. Would uh, capsules be preferred over basically the the other options? Capsules for like magnesium. The magnesium. Oh yeah. yeah, and 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 that would be fine. You know, I um yeah capsules or or liquid either one is is good i think it's whatever is personal preference for you know for the individual i would recommend you know maybe anywhere between 200 milligrams and 500 milligrams and typically i would recommend with taking it with food um but you can also take it in the evening if people are having sleep problems i mean magnesium has so many great benefits to it but even taking it in the evening time if we're having a hard time shutting the brain down and relaxing the body for sleep it can be beneficial to take in the evening as well Thank you. I know personally I prefer the liquid, but, again, you know, wherever you think you're going to get, you know, if you need more guidance on um, quantity or I guess how much you're taking or if absorption is an issue for you, you might just want to look into the different options and find out what might work best for your body and I guess your personal life there. Yeah, some people respond really fast. That's true. And some people, they can't tolerate, like like what you had said, Des, with an absorption issue, some people can't absorb that because we have other digestional thing, things going on. So what I'll recommend is like soaking in an Epsom salt bath because we can get magnesium mm-hmm. in through the skin. We we forget about the skin being, you know, an organ as well that can help with that. Yes, it is. All right, cool. Yeah, that's something I hadn't even thought of either. So thanks for bringing that back up. Um you you're Love taking Epsom baths all the time. That's what you're saying, Kayla. As much as I, I beat my body up, woman. I'm gonna take yeah. care of. You're <laughs> gonna take care of it. There you there you have it. There you there have you it. Putting have some it. essential I oils in there, smelling would. all good. Oh yeah, that's, that's right. Chatterman. <laughs> I tell you what. I tell you all what. Right, I, I tell you what. I've got a question here from Dana. I'm going to open this up to uh, both Melissa and Kaylin. She's saying, how can fit people really have bowel issues if they are as healthy as they claim? Do you want to take that one first, Kaylin? I sure will. Now, I'm not stepping on women, especially after Mother's Day. Not happening. (laughs) But anyhow, she she directed to me, so I'm taking it. Here we go. There are a lot of people that are basically – social media famous, but not social media fact. And what Dad and I have learned, and I'm sure as well, is that there are a lot of people that do a lot of claiming, but they're not living what they say. And it does come out, and <laughs> speaking of poo, uh, it does come out in the end. Yeah, pun intended. <laughs> but you're, you're always going to be exposed basically at the worst time. I mean, this is such a good poo reference. Uh, that you can't really keep it in any longer because there's just so much buildup of crap. <laughs> I'm just loving it. This is perfect. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, there's a lot of people that claim a certain diet, but they aren't living it. And there's a lot mm-hmm. of people that claim the natural lifestyle, as we found out, that aren't doing it. And their bodies might represent an appearance of a true health and fitness, but it's the furthest thing from it. And the internal organs will always tell on you. I'll tell you that right now. They will 
renege on everything you've done wrong to them, and they'll tell on you as on the worst days possible. So, mm-hmm. you know, you can't really hide it, and you can only keep the crap in so long before you have to let it all go. Yeah, you see what I did there? Yeah. All right, Melissa. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh, that's totally true. And, you know, what I would say, too, is issues that we're having in our body, you know, disease processes that are going on in our body, symptoms that are growing in our body, they didn't just happen overnight. So even if somebody exactly. has been eating, like, a great lifestyle, you know, I use myself, for example. Like, you know, you look at me from the outside and people will think, whoa, she's, like, super healthy. But I was having some of these you know, poo issues. Like I, it was, it was me. And I'm thinking, gosh, what am I doing wrong? Like I've been doing all this really, really good stuff. But what I didn't remember was, geez, what was I doing, you know, the 15, 20 years before I actually started practicing this healthy lifestyle? And so this stuff's been growing in your body and, you know, you've been causing deficiencies in your body for a very long period of time. That sometimes just eating good, healthy foods isn't enough to fill in all those nutritional gaps to dig us out of the holes. So mm-hmm. that's why, you know, doing, doing some high, you know, we can do some higher level testing at, at, at my office, what we do, and we can find some of those nutritional gaps, you know, specifically how to fill them in. And then we should be able just to, you know, maintain through food. But I'm with you, Kaylin. Most people, it is that they're saying that they're doing these really great things, but when push comes to shove, they ain't doing it. And they just want to, you know, on Facebook and on social media, you see everybody's highlight reels, okay, but you never yeah. see their behind the scenes. Right? Yep. Yep. And that's for sure. And the one thing I would add, too, is the other thing to keep in mind is there are many things out there that can destroy your gut. And as Melissa was saying, uh-huh. you know, right now we might be living that health, that lifestyle that is healthier. We've turned things around. We're pursuing a, a different way of living and eating and exercising. But, you know, some of the things prior may not have been so great. And then also if you had illnesses, we're dealing with a lot of probiotics, you know, different things being pumped into your system that are destroying the good flora and fauna in your gut. That can still, yeah, antibiotics, that can still, not probiotics, I meant antibiotics. Yeah, that, I was going to still have that impact <laughs> you. Yeah, yeah, you caught me. But uh, there's just a lot of iotics going on there, but you know what I meant. So antibiotics, mm-hmm. that can have impacts on you years down the road. Even little kids with yeah, ear amen. infections, you know, and we're giving them antibiotics. We don't know what that's doing to their digestive tract, which could impact them as, you know, teens, adults, so on and so forth. So, you know, even though we're living the healthy lifestyle now, we can't undo. It's going to take time, like anything, to mm-hmm. undo, if we can, some of the things that we had done before we adopted the healthy lifestyle. Exactly. True. And it comes back to the spine, too, and the nerves. I mean, somebody could be eating the most perfect food in the body, but if your body doesn't know how to tell it to digest it, to break it down and to utilize it, you know, that's when we start running into issues. You know, and I don't want to open up another can of worms here, but, you know, it does like what you were saying with some of those things that we don't have control with in our environment right now or that we do, like through antibiotics and some of those medical interventions that maybe are necessary, but vaccinations go along with that too. I mean, just a long exposure of antibiotics causes issues and exposure to vaccinations cause issues in the body too. So that may be something to think about if, you know, somebody really truly is doing everything right food-wise. You know, what else are we doing? Yep, exactly. And so speaking of lifestyle, John, great question, timely. So John is saying, being an overweight person, I'm now in the process of losing weight. So good for you, John, hats off. I have learned 
I have learned that my diet is the biggest way for that to happen. I'm now always hungry, and there are times to where I don't go to the bathroom at all for days. What am I missing? I used to go all the time, like four times a day. Hmm. Hmm. That's four times a day might be a little excessive too, but I mean, gosh, these are so hard questions because there's so much more that goes into mm-hmm. it, you know, than, you know, like I want to know, like, what are you eating? Like how much water are you drinking? You know, what, um, what's your exercise like? What, you know, are you eating enough fats? Are you eating too much protein? I mean, those are all things that kind of go into, you know, really being able to help, you know, troubleshoot and diagnose. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, I, I, what I would say is, is, is you know, it, it, if you're eating a lot more and we're feeling hungry, that, to me that's a good sign. That's our metabolism that's increasing, which is, you know, we're going to be murdering more energy even when we're sleeping, right? So that's awesome. Um, but just making sure that looking at those specific foods, typically what I see when people start do, doing good food changes, they go towards lean protein, so they're eating a lot of chicken, and they're, you know, looking at another source of protein is usually cheese. So most of the time people are just eating chicken and cheese, chicken and cheese, chicken and cheese. Ugh. And that can really that can really stop things up, even though it's, you know, they're good, but we got to get other nutrients in there too and making sure that we're getting in fibrous vegetables like those, you know, kale mm-hmm. and spinach and cauliflower and asparagus and all of those things that are going to have good digestive enzymes and fiber in it. Um, you know, take a look at our diet. Are you adding those things in? You know, if you're doing those, then maybe we need to dig, you know, a little bit deeper and ask some, you know, different questions. Yeah, there you go. So, you know, John, I mean, if you need um, help getting connected with a nutritionist or we're going to, Mel is going to share her uh, information here a little later in the show. If you have more questions, I would definitely advise you to seek someone out and walk through your nutrition with you and just help keep you on the right path and make sure that, you know, this, this, uh, the inability to go to the bathroom doesn't become a roadblock per se for you and keeps you, keeps you moving forward. So, um, hopefully that's kind of helpful, but yes, on the fiber, sometimes that's a big miss for folks. Um, so do be looking at the variety of foods that you're taking in. Eat your colors if, uh, if nothing else. Um, this one's from Kelly. She says, I keep hearing about intermittent fasting as a way to help with poop issues. Is any of that true or is it more myth than fact? Mm. Well, I love intermittent fasting because personally that's kind of a plan that, that I follow. And uh, I, everybody, every person is different and there's different ways um, to do that. I wouldn't recommend somebody just jump in right away and, and do an 18-hour fast. Um, but I, you know, typically what I'll do is I'll, you know, kind of fast through the morning time and, and, and move, move to lunch, but that can help change things up in the body. The whole idea is your, your body adapts. It's so smart. It wants to adapt to what you're doing. So the more often that we can change what style and what type and how often we're feeding it foods can really change up the, the, the structure and the function of when things and how things move. So, you know, there's a lot of good good resources out there on intermittent fasting, and I say, you know, just give it a try. See if that's enough just to kind of boost the body and, and um, you know, bump it into a different gear to get things, get things moving. Yeah, and the other thing I would add to that um, is that um, intermittent fasting, I, 
I actually like to use it when I'm training, especially with my crazy workout schedule. It just helps me to control my hunger, and then I'm better able to plan my meals around my workouts. So I'm not uh, as irritable or cranky or feel like I'm really starving throughout the day because, you know, my, my timing to eat is more, is more condensed. So that's another yeah. benefit that I like of intermittent fasting as well, Kelly. So hopefully that right. gives you some and what it, food for yeah. that. What it tends to do too is just really um, balance out those blood sugars and stabilize hormones. And a lot of times, you know, mm-hmm. that's what's holding up bowels. So if we can start getting those stabilized, we can get some more movement. And, and amen to that, sister, because that's what this show is about. Mm-hmm. We want the good movement. <laughs> and we want it moving out. All right. Carl is asking, he's saying, are poop issues more important than urine issues? He's just wondering. He's a competitor in the 50-plus category, and he's uh, asking to be proactive before he has to be reactive later on after the fact. I don't know. That's a good question. I love those kind of people. That's awesome. (laughs) Proactive so we don't have to be reactive. Um, you know, I would say we can definitely tell a lot more through our stools. Um, you know, things in our urine that we want to watch for is obviously, um, you know, if it's if it's cloudy or, you know, we definitely want to you know, t- keep an eye on that. If it changes color, I mean, if you're, getting, if you're peeing neon green, there's, you know, a couple options. They're either at serious problems or you've been taking a lot of B vitamins and it's coming out in your supplements. But um, I think definitely watching the stools for me would be a more important, you know, visual than, than, than the urine. Wow. Good question. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, so Carl, keep an eye on both. But as Mel said, yeah, and if we get to that point, the different kinds of poop, the different colors definitely can tell you a lot more, I think, than um, just the change in urine, but both something to watch. Okay, Deb is asking here. She's saying, all right, I hear you guys talking a lot about the spine. Can bad lifting affect the times and forms of poop? So can bad lifting impact how often and, I guess, what kind? Can bad lifting cause bad bowel movement? Yeah, so I think she's I mean, talking about bad form, which then again is yeah. going to impact your spine if you've got bad form. Yeah. So how would that impact your ability to go to the bathroom? Well, I mean, I, I would I would say definitely it can because you're going to, you know, if you have bad form, you're going, you know, chances are that you're going to irritate the muscles around the spine that can cause pressure on those nerves that can, you know, that are going to be going to the, um, you know, the colon and the, and the intestine. So I think for sure it can. One thing to think about when we're thinking about lifting, this just made me think about, um, you know, in other countries, they don't go to the bathroom the same way we do as far as like their sophisticated toilet systems. I mean, have you guys experienced that? I've been to other countries before and like seen different ways, different toilets basically that they've had. Mm. That makes sense. I, you, guys? you know, <laughs> yeah. they do go have you heard? in their toilets. Yeah. I mean, they do, they do have the bidets, so there is more rinsing than wiping. But then I've also seen okay. there are different, yes. I mean, they have a different style. Like, they don't, you know, there's that the whole debate between sitting versus squatting and which is better. You got it. 
you got it. So, like, they don't sit on a throne like what we do. And if you look at the physiology of the body and, like, how the colon is shaped and how the, you know, the spine is shaped, it would actually be better if we squatted when we potted because of how the, 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 the way that the spine shapes and it, things come out more normally. So when you're out there camping in the woods, that's actually probably the best time, you know, when you have them just squatting next to the tree to go to the bathroom. I mean, that's really how our body was designed. So you can get those little squatty potties and you could try those, try those out. I mean, that would, that would help going to the bathroom too. And that was kind of a little sidebar what we were, what the question was, but just lifting and squatting made me think about the squatty potty. There you go. And or just spread those cheeks. Help gravity take its course. Yeah. <laughs> ah, shoot. Okay, a couple of questions here. I think these are kind of related, but they're from two different people. So I'm going to read both. Let's listen carefully and see where we can dive in here. So Belinda, Belinda is asking, how can I stave off being hangry and still keep my poo regular? And then Jake has followed up with, what is a basic diet that can keep me regular all the time? I work at a job that has a bathroom way away from me, and I've had a lot of close calls when I change up my food choices. I want to stay healthy and avoid my fast food options. So I guess how can we be consistent and what can we do to not be hangry but still be regular? These are all about well, food a lot choices of times here. The, yeah, a lot of times the hangry part comes from an imbalance in blood sugar. So if we can get the blood sugar balanced, a lot of those hangry cravings and hunger cravings and things can go away. I would recommend, you know, a lot of times if if we're feeling, you know, those those cravings and um, we're, the food's just not sticking with us, you know, maybe take a look at what kind of fats we're getting in. You know, if we're not getting enough, those fats that we eat are going to be a lot more sustainable energy. So good sources like avocado and coconut oil and, you know, if you're making a, a protein shake, you know, you can add some, you know, natural peanut butter or something to it, some of those good fats that are going to hang with us longer. And that can also help us be more consistent with the stools too, having a diet that's really rich in – when I'm looking at, you know, I hate the food guide pyramid um, because, you know, the base of it is, you know, all like carbohydrates. And that's what one of the most common things that can bind people up or cause digestive issues and, and leaky gut, you know, with eating a lot of those grains. Um, when I'm looking at like my plate, half of my plate should be filled with vegetables of some sort, you know, preferably, you know, the leafy greens or the, you know, the, the cauliflowers and the broccoli and those type of things. Good sources of, 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 of protein, whether it's turkey or chicken or beef or whatever you want, if you can get a good clean source. And then, you know, adding in some good fats in there too. That's the body's number one source of energy is, is fat. And it's burns the cleanest too. So we a lot of people forget about adding fat into the diet that we need that for energy and you know for every you know brain cognitive function, cellular function of the body. So don't leave out those fats. Those are going to be good to help sustain the body through cravings, help um, curb the appetite, help balance hormones, but also help us to have a more consistent diet um, by keeping those in there. I don't know, was that yep, helpful? No Did that kind of answer? I mean, I think it is helpful, and I think what's important for our audience especially to keep in mind is if you're saying, well, my macros doesn't allow for that. Um, you know, I, 
in the future, we need to be having a show about good fats and how important that is to brain health and overall health and body and organ function. But uh, talk to your coach. If you have a nutritionist or you have a coach and your your macros are way low in fats, um, talk to them. See if there is a formula that can be put in place that will help you be able to increase those fats. And we're talking good fats, but yet still help you move can forward in your goals. Yeah, go ahead. Jump in. Yeah, because this is something, you know, you and I have seen backstage more times than we we care to even. But honestly, guys, if it, it's not worth your help. I mean, I, I, I get it that we talk about competitions and this is the season and it's going strong and you see everybody competing and winning. But if you're risking your health, I, I've never been in a sport where it was worth risking my health to do something. Now, I've pushed my, you know, if I was sick and I still did something or if I had bruising from, a, you know, in football where I had twisted an ankle or something like that and I went back out on the field. I'm, I'm not talking about that. I'm, I'm not talking about internal uh, health for your, you know, your lifelong living and and the goodness of it. If, we, if, you, if we're talking about an overall view of life, the last thing you want to do now is risk it to where you can't enjoy your life later on. It's not worth a show. So if, if like Dad was saying, if it, if any coach is not recommending, I mean, it's basically putting your health at risk, then competition is ended and you're basically putting your life in a spot that it should not be. You you are not meant to suffer health-wise. I mean, we, we basically challenge ourselves to leanness, but it should not be at the risk of one's health. And that, that's that's the frightening part of it is that you can be, enveloped into trusting more than you should, and you can be talked into going further than you normally would even allow. But it does happen, and and Des and I have seen it backstage, and many times we've seen it um, where it's like an immediate cause for alarm. And the question is always, you know, who talked you into such, such ignorance to put yourself at risk? So, you know, consider that, but it's never worth your health uh, to compete. Des? Amen. It's sure not, and thus the delay in my uh, competition schedule this yes. year. I needed to do some rebooting um, and change my diet up. But uh, that's another story for another time because um, we're all, as always, running short on time, so I need to keep us moving here. And so, Bill, good for you. Hats off. And then also, Heather, I know you asked a question, and we had other listeners that asked the same question, so I didn't get your name thrown out there. But, Heather, you were not missed. Um, but Bill has finally gotten around to bring us back on track to the part where I said we were going to talk about it. We haven't talked about it yet, so now we're going to talk about it. And he says, I hate to ask. No, you should ask. But I haven't heard it asked yet. What is normal poo? What is normal poo? And, you know, Melissa's going to talk us through this, but there are charts out there. So I know you guys like to Google not a pool, but a poo. I know you guys like to Google stuff while we are talking about it. So get out there, look up Bristol stool chart. All right, Melissa, lay it on us. What is normal poo? Lay it on him. You would say that on poo night. <laughs> I did say it on poo night. <laughs> oh, this is perfect. This is my favorite chart, my favorite tool to use. So, yes, the Bristol stool chart, B-R-I-S-T-O-L, is how it is spelled. 
Um, this is a great indicator and, you know, just really a way to, you know, see what, what normal is. I mean, obviously you can see at the top of the food chart or food chart, poo chart, sorry. <laughs> We're not talking about food right now. <laughs> Hopefully nobody's eating their poop. I would not recommend that. <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, oh, I could go into another story about that, but we'll save that for a different yeah, time. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but when we're looking at the Bristol stool chart, it's listed, you know, it, it, it ranks your poo. It should show you pictures, too. There's different, you know, forms that are out there. But you should see nice little pictures and descriptions, and it might range from, like, 1 to 6 or 1 to 7. And those 1s, 2s, and 3s up at the top tend to be a little bit more on the dry side, like the rabbit pebbles and, you know, the goat turds and those type of things. That's definitely not normal. That typically means that that waste is staying in your body way too long and causing toxic issues in the body. So that is, we don't want that. When we go to the bottom of the chart, like numbers, you know, six and seven, those are a little bit more on the loose side. Those are the pools that Des was talking about that we definitely don't want to have. Your poop should probably not float most of the time. So most people, you know, there was a misconception that, oh, well, your, your poop's good if it's floating. It could be depending on what you're eating, but typically not um, not common for your, your poo to float. What we're going to be looking at is right in the middle of the chart. The holy grail of poo is going to be number four, where it is this nice, smooth snake or torpedo that, like, just shoots straight into the toilet. It doesn't <laughs> plop. It doesn't splash. You shouldn't be feeling um, a spray up on your bum when you're sitting down to go to the – when you're going to the bathroom. <laughs> it's a nice go into the toilet. Color-wise, it should be between, you know, like a, a medium brown to a dark brown color. I don't know if we want to get into color here, but that's what we should be looking for color-wise. The other just, okay, now you guys are all going to be gross about this, but nobody else can see you, so it's okay if you look down at your forearm. But I want you to look at your forearm between your wrist and your elbow and look at that distance. That's about how long a good poop should be. So some people might be having a bowel movement every day, but it's just like it's not very much. Now, if you're not eating very much or if you're doing fasting, you know, that's going to be common because clearly we're not eating a whole lot of food. But a good, you know, um, uh, rule of thumb is, you know, the, the length of our arm. I want you rule to keep looking at that, that forearm. Uh-huh. Rule of forearm. There we go. So keep looking at that forearm and the width of your movements should be about half the diameter of your wrist. So some people are much greater and some people are much so (laughs) (laughs) half the diameter is just a good general rule of thumb. Now you know you've had a good poo and you have eliminated everything. When you wipe, there's not a bunch of smudge. Like there shouldn't be a whole lot that you're wiping off. If there is, that means we probably haven't completely emptied the colon. So just those were just some just basic tips on what a good poo should look like. All right. So, Bill, thanks for answering that question. Um, color can play into it. If we have time, maybe we'll circle back around to that. But we've got a couple more questions that we wanted to get to. Um, this one is from Casey. Casey says, is asking, can too much peanut butter cause bowel movement issues? I can't go a day without it, but sometimes I feel like it wants to stick around too long. (laughs) What do we think? 
What do we think about peanut butter and bowel movement? <laughs> well, I'm sorry, y'all. I'm sorry. I'll never eat peanut butter the same again. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess it probably could. Um, my rule of thumb would be, you know, like, I mean, two, you know, to four tablespoons of peanut butter, you know, is probably enough. So if you're eating like a whole half a jar, that's probably crunchy, too much. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You'll be able to tell that in your in your stool too. You know, if you're eating too much peanut butter and it's a crunchy kind, you'll you'll be able to see that in your stools too, right? <laughs> Have you seen that? Yeah, uh, and our corn. My what? Your spoon. Oh, my peanut butter spoon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a big peanut I, butter spoon that I won <laughs> at a competition, but. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, if we're talking peanut butter just in general, I mean, one, I would say, you know, check the ingredients on your peanut butter. Make sure that we're not getting something with a bunch of hydrogenated or partially hydrogenated oils in it because that can affect things in your in your bowels and cause inflammation. Um, you know, and, and peanut butter just in, in general, um, this is a, this is a freebie here, but you want to look for Valencia peanuts and raw peanuts if possible, because the roasted kind um, that that can have a little bit more of a trans. Well, I don't want to say it's a trans fat, but it can be more of a damaged fat inside the body. So if we if you're eating a lot a lot of peanut butter, try and go the natural route is is what I'm trying to say. Okay, gotcha. Um, I'm going to take a quick step a quick step back here. Uh, for Jake, his next question when we were talking about the uh, what a what a good poo looks like. So he's asking, <laughs> all right, Jake, here we go. He's oh, like, great. so no breaking off your poo to get back to work. So I guess the question <gasps> is, is it bad to interrupt your poo? I mean, should you just stay until it's all out, or what's the thought on that? Oh my, it's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> it is a good question. I don't know if we that have an answer, but we're going to talk about it. That has to be it painful. Be. I mean, well, it is would... uncomfortable. Yeah. Jeez, um, man, yeah, you gotta you gotta finish that if you can. Here's the thing: like, if it if you cut it off and it goes right back up inside you again, I mean, it's just going to continue to get dried out in the colon, and then you can become constipated because it sucks too much water out of it and cause other issues that way. So. And here's the other thing, too. Like, you shouldn't be spending a half an hour on the toilet, honestly. <laughs> you know, not unless you're, like, surfing, you know, like, the Internet or something. I mean, I get that. You're sitting on the toilet that long. But doing the duty should not take more than a few <laughs> minutes. Like, you're – yeah, for real, for real. And here's the other thing, too. So one way to, you know, kind of, you know checking uh, the speed of our system, um, you can uh, – what I would recommend is uh, eating some, like, really uh, – bright colored like vegetables like beets we'll say beets I don't know hopefully people like beets out there or drink some beet juice or something but enough where it's going to basically stain your poop turn your poop colors and um, you can you know let's say you drink that like the morning or night before you'll be able to tell in your stools because it's going to be a different color when it comes out how long it took from your mouth to your to the toilet to come out and then you can get an idea of what your digestional um, uh, time frame is, 
you know, if 12 hours, eight hours, I mean, that would be good. But if it's taken, you know, 24 or more hours to come out, oh, wow. I mean, I guess you could probably, you probably could do it with corn too. I mean, you always see those floaters in the toilet, yeah, right? Yeah, corn and peanut, man. Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> and that's a good it's suggestion like because that does give you an idea how quickly your body is turning something over, which could be an indicator mm-hmm. of a constipation issue if you're not that's seeing important. it come out sooner than later. Right. Yeah. All right. So most people hold an average of five pounds of poop in their intestines. You know that? Isn't that wow. crazy? That's a lot. I mean, okay, so by the way, think about this. Think about this, especially on show day. If you are not normal and you are not, or, yeah, and are not, I won't say normal, but if you are not regular, I think is a better term. Regular, there you go. Um, and you right. are not passing it out Think of what that's doing to your physique. I mean, think of how much more bloating your body is taking on because you're backed up. So extra bloating, and then if you're backed up, where does that go? Well, then it's going to protrude because it's going to continue to push your stomach and other internal organs outward. So if you're looking for that, you know, very tight look, if you're full to the gills because you haven't gone to the bathroom, you you're carrying around that much more weight and that much more puffiness because your body can't squeeze you're that food. in. You're full you're of food. You got to get it out. I mean, if nothing else, if you take is. nothing else away from this, if you say this health message, I don't care about it, but you do care about the <laughs> way you look on stage, you better be caring about this too then <laughs> and, and how your body is functioning because that is going to impact your look. So watch your poop. I mean, really, if you if you got five pounds backed up in there, you better think about what that's doing to your physique. Oh, and, <laughs> what and, that, uh, yeah, and I don't want to tell people to go take like laxatives eight. either. No, I'm not saying yeah. take laxatives, but I'm saying do what you need to do to to be regular yes. and be healthy, so you don't have to worry about that. I'm not talking about going out there and being crazy. I didn't say anything yeah. about doing that, but you know, no take craziness. it into consideration. Yeah, I mean it does have it does have repercussions. No, we do not want craziness. So, Carla says, "Why is it not why is it so not normal to talk about stuff like this? I'm learning a lot tonight about my health. I have to make some better food choices." You know, that's a good question, Carla. It should be more normal, and even though this was like kind of a crazy topic, I'm glad that you are getting something out of it and that, you know, we have people like Melissa that are willing to go out there and be comfortable with talking about poo when the rest of us are not. <laughs> oh, so, anyway. Anyway, so, Melissa, if any of our listeners have some follow-up questions or yes. would maybe like to connect with you on a nutritional basis, how can they find you? Well, they can they can find me on Facebook. You can just search me as Melissa Grandin or send me a, a private message or something. I'm happy to work with you that way. You can send me an email to Melissa, M-E-L-I-S-S-A, at E-P, E as an elephant, P as in Paul, true, T-R-U-E, chiropractic.com. Will probably be the best ways to reach me. Or if they know how to get a hold of you, you know how to get a hold of me, Des. Yep, that's right, guys. We know how to get a hold of her if you would like to. Um, Kaylin, we have just a few minutes left. I'm going to give you the last word, last question of the hour. What you got? 
Well, I, I don't have any. I just want to say that I think Snickerdoodle would make a better poo than chocolate. <laughs> oh, you know, I don't think so. I don't think so. Chocolate way for the win all the way, going down and coming out. That's all I have to say. So with that being said, Melissa, we just want to thank you so much for joining us on the show tonight and, uh, you know, making this topic a, a fun and comfortable one to talk about because it yeah. really is important well, to our health. So, fun. <laughs> so I appreciate you being with us tonight. I'll thank you. Oh, I gotta get smaller. All right, arms. so you gotta get smaller arms. We didn't need to end the show on that. We did not need to end with that visual. We can have our Just own like personal visual. Team, it has to end. It has. To now start I've got my visual, and now I've got your visual on top of it. <laughs> oh my goodness! Good show. Good oh my goodness! It was a good show. And thanks for all your questions, guys. I'm glad that you were comfortable enough that you were able to ask them. And hopefully if we didn't 100% get them answered for you, we gave you enough food for thought to continue to go out there and search for the answers. And, Jake, my dude, I'm sorry you got that siren at work that won't let you finish your job. I, you know, I don't know. You might want to work on some of that supplementation, get some magnesium that helps it work a little faster. I'm not yeah, sure what right. else to say for you there. I, I guess when I guess duty, I guess duty's calling for him in more than one way. A when he has to poo, and then B when his work is telling him he can't finish the poo. What do you do? What do you do? That has got to be painful. That has got to be yeah. painful. I can't even imagine. Oh, hey Jake, oh. you're better man than me, buddy. I'd be like, look, you guys <laughs> are gonna have to dock my pay because I'm finishing this job. <laughs> you are too funny Too funny So I guess Kaylin You want to give your snicker little shout out man <laughs> So on behalf of Melissa Grandin Kaylin Patterson My boys My boys The P for P boys And Kaylin Snickerdoodle Your body is a temple so let's build it. With poo and snickerdoodle. <laughs> <laughs>